Okay, three, two, boom. boom. <laughs> Welcome to Dialogue Dialogue. I'm Daryl. And I'm Gab, and this is the organi- organization architect of We Want Film. Wow, that's... <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Timothy, my... Hey, good night. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> nice. So, how was your day today? Uh, it's quite slow. I'm actually on leave today from work. Mm, leave? Yeah. And um, actually, I finally leave just for this. <laughs> yeah, <so> th- <laughs> thanks for doing you that. You guys are very special to me. It's becoming important now. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's your work? What do you do? Um, I'm actually a supervisor for a BPO company. Uh, on the side, I'm a safety officer. Yeah, so it's a profession that's not really creative, <laughs> yeah. so to say. So it's more like a data-driven profession or more um, of a scientist? Not or really, it? yeah, but more on the like a corporate thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, strictly corporate, yeah. How did that come to be? What did you take up? Um, I actually took up psychology. I think you guys are aware of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, psychology back in college with the intention of going to medicine. Yeah, and same. Then, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and we have the same story. And um, of course, um, that didn't happen. And then um, with the versatility of my course, I was able to practice as an HR practitioner for less than three years. Before I moved to another job, and now here I am. Yeah. So, um, since we have the same story, um, well, for me, I, I like I think I mentioned this before that I went into a sciences course, but I've always wanted to go into a creative uh, course. Did you have the same feeling? Um, not in the way that I would expect that I'll be pursuing photography as a passion. I'm. My creativity actually lies on the writing side, so I'm more of a writer, and um, I love reading books, and um, I really love a good short story and essays, stuff like that. So it was really a surprise for myself when I started to pick up a camera and start shooting, which is, um, as later on, I discovered that those are really, uh, if you would allow me to say it, related, like, uh, fields. Mm. Yeah. So, Yeah. It's more of a right. I'm more of a writer than a photographer. So you never really wanted to pursue it more. Just like you know, you were gonna be a writer. You know, you were just gonna keep doing it. But your career path, you were just super sure already that this is what you're gonna do. Uh, that's a good question because if I'm gonna, if I was like. Um, I was like 22 <laughs> and I'm going to take a look at what I'm doing right now. I w- wouldn't totally see myself as doing this, mm. <laughs> but um, I think, um, uh, what do you call this? Uh, I just w- went with the flow and um, I started to discover things about my career, about my passions and uh, the creative side. And then I discovered that, oh, boy, I'm good at this. Why not try pursuing it more? That's- Something like that. Can you walk us uh, through that process from someone who wants to be a writer, um, from someone who creates from your head to some to photography? Because well, I think that those are two different fields. Like when you're in, I think uh, when you're writing, you create something, and when you uh-huh. 
um, when you're a photographer, you document something. Am I wrong with that uh, analogy or something? That's actually true. Uh, actually, just a brief background. I started uh, my first... I picked up my first camera when I, way back uh, 2010 or 2009. Uh, it was actually introduced to me by one of my college friends. And I started with this cheap uh, 50 peso camera. It's like a plastic plastic lens, plastic point-and-shoot camera. And then she gave me a roll of film to go with it. And then we walked around Intramuros. And then, um, of course, I had an idea on how film was developed back then. She took the film. She had it developed. And then she showed me the prints. And she was really this excited. And she said, you know, you're, you're, you have a potential in this. Why not, like, pursue this? And then, of course, I got introduced to uh, the Lumography community. Mm. And then um, I met friends uh, through that community, and then they introduced me to uh, film photography. And this was before the Facebook group of yeah. Lomo. Actually, oh. um, th- those were the multiply days, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> that, and actually, that was, yeah, that was years way, way ago, back. Or, yeah. or more. <laughs> so yeah, I started um, shooting film and then started posting it in multiply and then uh, started going through photo walks and then... Uh, later on, I started uh, exploring the communities and other types of photography. And then, of course, uh, your life gets back into you. And then you need to, like, you know, lie low in a, a little bit. Yeah. Like, what's happening right now? I need to focus on my career. But uh, photography has been the mainstay in my life. And that, that I can't stop doing it. Even if the hype has went down, I still keep shooting and uh, if I can, I, uh, I, I go out and go out with some photo walk buddies and then have a photo walk or two. Yeah. yeah. So since you already went there with the like, community and stuff, um, talk, us about, talk to us about like how it was back then, how it progressed, evolved or whatever. Since you're a writer, talk to us as if you're introducing <laughs> a storyline wow. of the community. <laughs> um, of course, I can only... I'm not that uh into the community per se i'm not that active i'm more mm. of a lurker if right if that's the, well, the correct lurkers <laughs> usually are the best writers yeah right? but like even in history uh writers of the war writers they're the yeah. shadows who yeah actually it actually everything. gives you a more objective perspective like uh you can tell what actually happened uh-huh. so uh you guys are aware of the like the long-standing communities here mm. uh, that started as a forum and then they branch out into because of i don't know conflict or <laughs> creative differences right. and then uh, i i've been part of um, every known community naman uh, like uh, loma loma manila mm-hmm. um rangefinder filipinas and i've also been a part of uh, usapan kali and other street photography groups and um for we me guess it yeah we <laughs> want film we want film, <laughs> <laughs> we want film. then uh, we had the sunny 16 live community you're uh, the 35 studio and yeah, friends yeah. yeah so i've mostly been around and uh mostly absorbing everything that i can in improving uh my own body of work because um i'm more of a uh what you, what you call this a consumer right so mm-hmm. part of the the learning process is uh seeing others works even those people who are um whose field is very different from what I like. Mm. Uh, there is something that you can learn from them. So that's, um, sorry, I digress. But like what I said, uh, I've been part of those communities and I try to skip in between. But uh, once the community or 
that group like takes a lull I would find other groups where there's just activity or there's something yeah. going on you know can you give us an example you mentioned that there are other groups that are not related to photography and you still you still draw inspiration from it like what example can you give us I'm, that you got inspiration from um uh, what do you call this there was this uh i'm not sure if they're not access because uh, facebook has changed their format but there's this group that merges uh images and um poetry or words mm. oh something like uh i'm parasites whatever yeah something uh, like that so, something like that so they're, they're like a local version of that and mm. then i forgot their name but um since i'm like uh, a child of those two worlds like a uh, photography Essays, images and words yeah. poetry so it's like uh, the perfect uh, amalgamation of those two mm. forms of art so uh of course i'm seeing that um the the output is more like uh, the combination of uh photos of words but you can't help but Uh, see this as our the words are good but the photos are bad <laughs> and the, the vice versa you know that that's just one of them um, the rest are mostly about uh, photography and uh, storytelling making um, what you call this zines yeah yeah and uh, that's actually uh, most of them that's cool. as you as you jump from um, group to group and um different types of uh, art that you draw inspiration from mm-hmm. do you think it's entertainment that makes you chase these groups or different art forms or would you think you you're looking to learn something i think learning the desire to learn is there and um like what i said uh, you improve by uh, you improve your taste mm-hmm. by uh, consuming a lot of art mm-hmm. or different uh, art forms mm-hmm. so uh, that way you of course you put yourself in the perspective of the artist who made that right. form of art even if it's not your style so for example uh, before I'm not into portraiture but when I get um, uh, I got exposed to uh, photographers whose work is primarily portraiture I, I had this appreciation of what they do mm. so it kind of resonated with me and then uh, of course I'm not I'm still not at the point where I would start trying it, but it it enriched my the type of art that I want to create or the type of photography that I want to do. Okay. So it's like um um it's like what um that martial art saying that uh you get the best out of uh those different forms and then you create your own version of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you have an idea of what your art form is going to be or? Ah, uh, I've. That's a big question, even for me. <laughs> but I, I think it's too early to say. But um, I'm not yet there, right. so I'm still in the process of uh, I'm still in the process of trying out. And at this period, I've actually realized that uh, I needed to stop posting photos in social media or other uh, groups because I, I wanted to put them all in the drawing board and um, then put them out once they're ready, like uh, like. A piece of a body of work, you mm. know. Yeah. So that's uh, I'm at that phase at the moment. Right. So yeah. is that what you're working on right now? That, yeah. That body of work. Yeah, I think that's the end goal, and it's one of the reasons why we uh, built We Want Film as well because, um, like, we had this discussion, Mindy, Kim, and Jameson. Yeah. Like, what's beyond 
uh, posting your photos and getting likes on social media or in the internet. So, um, of course, I've been in shooting for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, the best that I've got is, um, best that I did is like um, create sets in social media and then and then that's it. But I wanted to do, I wanted to put that uh, or to create work that will probably mean some, uh, be meaningful, more meaningful than that. Yeah. So uh, I went out there and then I read books. I uh, I followed the works of my favorite photographers and I I tried to take a look or analyze how they they form their body of work and form their own vision in terms of photography. And uh, it's a diff- very difficult process, and uh, it really needs dedication and um, need to lay your groundwork in terms of like uh, like what I said earlier. You need to uh, consume a lot of art, yeah. a lot of photographs, a lot of books, and you need to shoot more. So those are the two fundamentals that uh, you need if you really want to be serious in pursuing f- uh, film photography or photography in general. When do you yeah. know when it's time, though? Um, I think you've covered this in your previous episode, but the most uh, difficult person to please is would be yourself. Yeah. yeah. So, I think you would know if it's time. Hmm. Uh, it's I know it's a cop out answer, but <laughs> but it's yeah. You, you need to play it by because you're by the time. last person to say that you're ready. So when do you know when you're really ready? The funny thing is, um, uh, it actually you will uh, the final say will be yours. Mm-hmm. So for example, I laid out some. A sequence of photographs right here and you would say that oh this is really nice mm-hmm. and uh, you need, should really should make it in some photo book or put it in a gallery or something yeah. but if you feel that no this is this is not it there's something missing you really need to hold yourself off from that and before you put it out there so i think you should um please yourself first before um like uh, listening to what others say. say, yeah. So you have people you trust that you show your work to, or give your give yeah. your opinions and criticisms about. Ah, uh, yeah, that's actually part of the um, of the process. Um, you need to have these people. Uh, it's part of the editing process. Uh, for example, you would uh, pick a fo- a set of photos, and then you think that this this would make for a good set that you would show it to uh, someone you trust or someone you know is better than you who is more experienced than you is uh, who has a different perspective from you that way you would um get different perspectives yeah. and uh it's like uh in writing it's ha- like having an editor yeah, yeah. so uh he sees what you have missed and he will point it out and that way you'll get insight and what your current work lacks so that you can enrich it later on. Yeah. yeah. I think it's similar to um that feeling when you go blind or sometimes when I shoot uh, I feel like nabubulag ako or mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I go blind. For example, if I'm shooting portraits since that's what I want to um practice right now portraits, I only check usually the facial expression but I always forget to check the horizon. And if you would see my photos but the horizon is usually off or um, the trees are slanted and they're not that pleasing because um, I'm too preoccupied with just one aspect of the shot and I'm thankful for friends like uh, Kim, yeah. Buds, and they're the ones who are po- pointing this out to me. Oh, uh, make sure your um, things that are straight should be straight or your horizon should always be horizontal like that. 
Yeah, yeah. that's that's actually true, especially if uh, their photography or their field of photography is different from what you're trying to do right now. They will offer a different perspective, like uh, for yeah. example, because their their eyes are trained in a different way. Yeah. So they would offer a fresh perspective that would make you go like, oh yeah, I didn't realize that. That's actually a good uh, perspective or uh, a good point, and then. You'll go at it, at it again and then um, try to sequence your photographs or tra- take more or new photo- photos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your uh, approach to knowing when you're ready or w- with your art and the way you talk about it almost feels a bit mo- more technical than when most people answer those questions. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you think like your, your psych background sort of plays in? Uh actually i'm i'm not sure whether if i'm aware of it or not yeah. but yeah i think it's it also applies to i think what my what i what i studied because i studied it not because um um like i had to study it i'm i studied because i and i also picked it because i'm highly inter- interested in it mm. and I, I, it has applied i have applied it in many different situations over and over again but uh to answer your question actually yeah now that i think of it yeah i think yeah. so mm-hmm. but um my approach to knowing whether it's ready or not uh, i've at a point where um I don't really care whether my work would be recognized or not because I do photography because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's actually something that um, it's very personal to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't do it for the likes or for um, for anything or or the thought of monetizing it later on. I think if it, that happens, that's really good. That's a bonus. But the mere act of like taking a photo, documenting it, and then or nailing a good photograph and then having a print of it and having it archived in your your binder or what whatever that's actually the pleasure in itself yeah. so even if uh, uh film prices skyrocket i'll still be doing it. <laughs> it's that thing so yeah even if it takes me like uh, six years before i publish that book i will publish it when when it's ready mm-hmm. i guess what are your thoughts on um i heard someone say this before i'm not sure if this is the exact quote but the enemy of success is perfection. Like, if you're working on something, let's say it's a business or your photography or your body of work, if you always strive for perfection and you're not putting it out, let's say your work, because it's not yet perfect, there will come to a point that you won't um, put it out because you're always striving for perfection and perfection is not really something you could achieve. I think this is one of the problems of Steve Jobs before, like, instead of releasing the product right away and going to market he's too obsessed with perfecting the product so um how does this apply to your work do you think i think um that's also true um that is the fallback of having to desire perfection in some way but i'm at a unique position where i'm not a professional photographer where i need to please a client like um the only person that i need to please is myself at the moment so i think that's that and like um like what i said earlier it doesn't matter for me if it, my photographs don't get seen or um it's not that, it's not that I'm saying that they're they're really something special or remarkable yeah. but um what's impo- more important to me is to uh 
take things at my own pace so that way it feels more or organic so then, i think it, the way i see it in your um in your position right now is that perfection is actually definitions of it is different like you don't need to achieve something to in order to say that it's perfect but in your attempts to keep on doing it keep absorbing what you're absorbing as you go through and that's kind of like how perfection is it's always around you because you're always just attempting and not really i need to get it out and I, i need people to see it yeah there's no yeah there for me there's no urgency to uh i don't know if it's really the idea of perfection because even if i let's say i decided it's the right time and then it's not really what it uh what people expected it to be yeah. or it's not as amazing as uh it would uh i hope it to be if it pleased me at the first time i think i think i can i can live with that mm. <laughs> I'm getting this Vivian Mayer vibes. Mayer Mayer. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's actually the idea. But yeah. because uh, Vivian Mayer or Mayer, <laughs> she she took those photographs without the thought of publishing, like the, uh, publishing them. Okay. She just took them for the sake of documenting her daily life or her jobs or yeah. uh, the people around her, her community. And then uh, she died without even having to see those photographs. Um, Uh, get developed some most of them but uh it's us who are appreciating it right yeah. now right but uh i think that's the kind of uh pleasure like the act on itself that the act of documenting or photo- photographing stuff or the life is pleasure in itself yeah yeah nice yeah. that's well, something uh sorry that's something i felt also while we were doing um 35 studio I, there was a point I think I mentioned this before that um, I was tired of taking photos for the purpose of making a video on YouTube. So I think there was a time for I think it's around one one or one and a half months that I didn't make any videos, but I still kept on shooting, but just for the purpose of uh, creative expression and not really for um, the purpose of making a video for public consumption. And I found it really. Uh, refreshing yeah refreshing and to uh, shoot only f- for the purpose of your, uh, your pleasure satisfaction yeah <laughs> that's yeah. right right because yeah. uh yeah it became like it actually went for full circle and kind of like a well it's not full circle but at tables return when we wanted to make videos out of our hobby and then <laughs> our, ho- our our hobby yeah. became our work and we're like Actually, it's controlling us. You're not <laughs> shooting without a video anymore, and yeah, it, it takes um, some rest for you to find that spark again. Find <laughs> yeah. that spark again. Actually, I have a question. Um, you guys are making videos about film photography, and like what you mentioned, you've started to get a hang of enjoying it yeah. in itself, right? So I have this idea, or I have this preconceived idea that uh, if you start. If you make something that you loved at first doing like a hobby or a passion and then started making it as a living, doing it for a living, you lose that, uh, what you call that, that love for it. I'm not yeah. sure what they say about it. But uh, it's like um, it's like if you're enjoying photography and then you started to become a wedding photographer yeah. and then you associate it as work, something you need to, to pay the bills or something. Yeah. And then it puts the joy out of it. You guys, uh, you guys experience that, or is that? Yeah, uh, for sure. 
Um, I've experienced that many times in just the span of like when, since we started. I'm like, am I going to do this? There, there have been so many times. I think it's it was even in one of our IGTV videos, wherein I was like, it was a funny video, and I was like. I'm so tired of making intros and outros, so I'm not even going to be in this one. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it sounded like a joke there, but it's almost exactly how I like, feel every time we shoot like intros and outros. There's a grain of truth. Yeah, because yeah, like even at least when we're shooting, I enjoy the video, I enjoy the da da But like when we're shooting intros and outros, I'm like, it reminds me that, hey, this is like something you have to do. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually uh, one of probably the reasons why I could be as uh, procrastinating as lazy in my photography, because I there's a clear distinction between what I do for a living and uh, my passion. So, uh, for example, if I get bored with work, I look forward to photography as a method of release or as a method of enriching my creativity yeah. uh, instead of having to pursue photography as um like a job yeah as a job and in the same way i don't usually write about photography <laughs> because um i don't know maybe because if you if you set clear boundaries between those uh, uh passions i think you can be more um objective yeah daryl told me b- before we were we were still thinking of the idea of getting jobs, yeah. day jobs, and we were talking. Um, it's just when I, as soon as I got back, right, you were at my place and you were talking about this, yeah. and uh, I was choosing before. Uh, uh, I was choosing between two jobs. One was like more creative, the other was less creative. Yeah. And he was saying that it's easier to get something that's less creative because at least you're not burning out every day. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to do this and you have to do all the other creative passion-driven projects that you have to do. And I thought about it. I thought it really made sense. Am I making the bad decision here? But um, I thought, what do I really need? I need to learn. I need to uh, build on... W- the body of work like you said yeah. that I have and if I took this job that is not creative what's my growth like there and that's what I was thinking but at the same time I was thinking about that like burning out and um, I talked about in the previous podcast that I burn out real quick yeah. and I think what helped me is that to, to lessen my rest periods what I mean by that is that I put like, I make myself more busy because with things that I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. So, like, now I work as a, uh, as a multimedia artist, right, in, a, in my day job. Mm-hmm. And then I have 35 Studio. I have the analog dialogue. And I have other stuff as well. And, like, I still, you know, look forward to playing music, look forward to my other, like, uh, fitness sports or, like, martial arts and stuff like that. And what that does, and I know this, this because I took a two-week break from my uh, martial arts. And what I noticed is when I'm working super hard or getting stressed or getting really worked in this one thing, let's say in the office, or sometimes that's in the gym because you're not always feeling it, but you have to do it. And especially when you're already there and your coach is pushing you. It makes you excited to go to the next one. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) actually true. F this, like, how am I going to go to the next one? And you're looking forward to actually see your boss or your coworker that you don't like that much. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I want you to annoy me tomorrow. <laughs> That's actually true. That's a, that actually happened to me because uh, from my perspective, I have this uh, 8 to 5 job 
that's no not really no brainer but uh it takes a different frequency out of your brain yeah. which you can there leave you after yeah, after you leave the building mm-hmm. and then you can after this uh you, you have this thing which you really love which you can focus on as a cool down period for you to be able to work again yeah. the next day it's like uh like switching food yeah like, it's I like know. the ball will just keep rolling yeah that's true and it doesn't have a time to be like F this. I don't like what I'm doing. Because you're already on your next one. And when you're doing it, it's either you're having fun or you're having the, the worst time of your life. And when you're having the worst time of your life, you're looking forward to the next one. Or if you're having a great time, you're just gonna... You know, like the the frequencies. Yeah, You need yeah. the different frequencies. Yeah, it's like a change of pace. Yeah. But I think another thing that plays a key role in that uh, format is... Um, the way that you want to be defined like uh for example if i'm gonna what are you doing like uh who are you how do you define yourself uh most people would have those uh cookie cutter uh, identities like i'm a doctor i'm a i'm a lawyer i'm uh you know but if i I ask myself that hmm i'm a hobbyist with (laughs) a nine-to-five job (laughs) like something like that but uh, it's it's more of the idea of not allowing your job to define you i'm waxing fight club here but <laughs> yeah you're not your job you're not your whatever mm-hmm. whatever tyler durden said and um it's basically what you what you enjoy doing and uh, what you're passionate about mm-hmm. i think that's uh that's the best way to define yourself yeah and i think th- there are structures to like really think about it deeper and more organized and so like you're not always at a loss, especially with us that we don't want to do so many things. Yeah. And usually it's a, actually a downgrade for your character to be doing ev- everything. You're like, oh, oh, you're doing that? Oh, yeah, he's doing everything. I don't really care anymore. Like, <laughs> you know, like with, with like uh, artists and or uh, actors, when you know they're already doing everything, you're sort of like the mystery is gone. Like, okay, yeah. okay, you're doing everything. But the thing is like you have to keep doing what you want and not hide things that you you know just because i'm gonna get a downgrade if they know i do all these things you know and yeah the the fear of getting labeled is uh really hindering a lot of people yeah that's actually true and it's a it's a very difficult lifestyle to adopt as well yeah but but i don't think it's just the mindset of like oh i don't want to be labeled by people because like i feel like that has sense in it because people if you want to like put out your work and you want people to look at it and love it they they need a certain character to look at Mm -hmm. and if there's no character there then it doesn't make sense oh Oh. (laughs) where did it cut (laughs) break time guys break time Rolling. Okay. We got lost. But we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying guys. What was I saying? Uh, we're talking about lifestyles, uh, about labels. labels. Oh yeah, the labels. <laughs> right? Like when you're an actor, uh-huh. you can't be a painter. People will laugh at you. You can't be a writer. Uh, yeah. Goma. Richard, Richard ah, yeah, Gomez. That, oh. Right? He cannot be a painter anymore. No matter how good he gets, no one will respect him anymore. Yeah. You know, every, same with everyone else. You see Solen as well. Like, Solen is like, she paints good. 
and she's not making fun out of it she's not trying to go viral or anything but she's not going to be regarded as an actual painter artist yeah. in the art world just because people have this preconceived preconceived notion that oh she's already successful yeah. she can't be successful in another field though so yeah, that's, she's that's unfair this. <laughs> yeah that's also one that's so unfair that's... and people who are really into it really trying to practice the painting uh, world you're gonna think that oh it's all connections that's why you're there yeah. and I think sometimes it's not really that sometimes it's that and there's more and we're kind of like making excuses we're always making excuses for mm-hmm. someone having something better than us yeah right yeah that's true I've probably seen some people do that as well yeah but uh in terms of those like actors getting trying new stuff i think i think they've been doing it um secretly but it's just like the exposure like um because they're actors they're not their your life is yeah has a bit more scrutiny than the average person yeah. so that uh if you're doing this and then oh you're, you're just um trying to yeah you know so you all know of what a I sudden mean. i've been doing this all my life all of a sudden people see it and i'm a bad guy yeah <laughs> that's true you know uh yeah that's why i say that it's not only a mindset problem that you don't want people to look at you a certain way but at the same time it's like okay i'm doing so many things how do i structure it It's a lot to do with structuring. It's a lot to do with, let's say, <clears throat> for me, I I think about that every now and then. Like, okay, I do so many things, and I'm not really exceptional in any of them. It's more just like I want to do it. Yeah, you know, I, I might be good, but like, no, I wouldn't say exceptional. You know, yeah. and what I think is, am I going nowhere super fast? Because I'm doing so many things and. Like people might think I'm this, and then they see that. So where's your direction? Oh, they, you do that too. Oh, that's cool. But then when you do so many cool things, it starts to become like a jack of all trades, a master of none, mm. and you get labeled as a jack of all trades and master mm. of none. Now you're something again. But with structure, like I say, I only go for perspectives. That's all that I'm looking for. I'm not even looking for answers. I don't care if I say things that aren't right. Because I'm okay to not be right. I'm not looking for answers. Maybe my mistake leads me to another perspective. And that's all I'm looking for. I'm looking for this uh, martial art. I'm not looking to be the best at it. But I'm also going to ask, what if I can? And I'm always going to be trying. Maybe I can. But that's the only thing I'm looking for. And I don't look at myself as, oh, are you a photographer? Are you a musician? Are you a videographer? You're going to ask me all those stuff. I don't know. I'm just looking for perspectives, <laughs> and that's all that I care about. Like in my head, that's all that I see. Yeah. You know. So, I think yeah. the, the most difficult question uh, for me to answer is every time people ask me, "So, what do you do for a living?" Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things. Because yeah. uh, I'm afraid of like people. Oh, uh, I make YouTube videos. I um I do freelance photography, videography. I do online selling. I like like. People would think like, really? What are you doing with your life? If you're doing everything, why aren't you just sticking to one? And yeah, and I think you could name that with one thing. Why do you like doing those things? And when you get to answer that in your head, and it's not, it doesn't have to be a fixed answer. But I feel like if we know, we we don't, because like I get annoyed when I get asked. <laughs> I get annoyed when I get asked about this one thing, and I'm gonna pretend like this is my only thing, and blah, blah, blah. like I don't like it because like I do so many things, and I don't like. That's another thing. I think that's another like 
mistake or like a uh, pitfall in my thinking like okay I do so many things and I don't care that I do many things but then when people like put me in this one box oh you're a photographer I you know I get annoyed when people tell me that I'm a photographer. <laughs> yeah I just I think you can't blame people when they especially the older yeah the older yeah, people yeah. because yeah. they have those uh expectations that were prevalent in their generation that uh, you should be an engineer you should be <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, like what i said it's like a cookie cutter uh mm-hmm. label that comes with the description it, that is self-explanatory when you say you're an engineer they have an idea what you do so <laughs> it's actually for them it's a sin to be someone who's doing a lot of things mm-hmm. and it's something that i've actually embraced uh at this point in my life because i, I like whenever like people ask you what 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 do you do um um, um <laughs> <laughs> I, I i go to work i manage day. people <laughs> yeah i'm um i'm trapped in a cubicle <laughs> something like that but yeah i'm i'm proud of what i do uh, as a living and i'm also equally proud of uh, what i uh what i do that i love like my passions and i think it's okay to be um like what you said what's that the jack of all trades master of none i think it's more of like um instead of viewing yourself as that you you should be viewing yourself as like uh like a what you call that like uh polymath or something like that Mm. (laughs) like you're you have a lot of interests you're Uh, you're renaissance man yeah renaissance (laughs) man exactly (laughs) thank you Yeah. yeah um now that we were talking about career and your work um i actually have a surprise for you paul because wow i asked our previous guest kim so if there's one question you'd ask paul what question would it be (laughs) so i am not prepared for this (laughs) so here's our question for you um go ahead do you think an artist's belief or conviction is correlated to the work he or she produces and why (laughs) Oh, can I have a few seconds to process that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So blame Kim for this difficult question. <laughs> Damn it, Kim. <laughs> you yeah. think an artist's belief or conviction And if you guys want to watch the first episode with Kim, um, link is going to be up here. Uh, that's the first episode of our p- podcast, Kim Lim of We Want Film also. Yes. Okay, I'm ready now. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Um, do you think an artist's belief conviction is correlated to the work he or she produced? Uh, I think this is actually a good question because um, uh, art has been like a medium for expression, uh, be it um, your personal experiences, a political conviction, or um, your view of society of the time. I think it will smear on it will influence the way you produce your art so i think it's yes it is correlated and why because uh i think art is not to be trying to be uh <laughs> too cheesier but it's yeah. just it's like a culmination or the su- the summary of our personal experience mm-hmm. so i have this um what do you call this i have this i read this i'm not sure it's a quote that um misery breeds creativity in that um you use your um negative feelings or whatever feelings that you have that you channel it as a uh, something into motivating you to create something uh like to create art yeah. so i think uh, yes uh it's really correlated to uh, your beliefs and convictions that, that the art that you're making 
Is that is yeah, that satisfactory? Yeah. yeah. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about your beliefs in your? Um, like what I said, it's I don't really consider myself as an artist or as a creative. I'm more of um like a consumer. Yeah. Uh, if people would view it as view it that way, then that's fine. <laughs> but I'm not into labels. But um, like I appreciate movies uh i love watching video essays like nerd writer and um i'm on that level of appreciation like you tend to see things that the average person won't so it's more of um a dynamic um like a dynamic experience for me and uh, when you create something like uh, when you have this idea like for example i want to document um my experience or my 20s in retrospect i want to create a project and that uh when someone does the same project it will be in a different perspective i think uh it will be viewed that through the lens that you have so so to speak yeah that's another psychological my goodness (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i want to go back to our earlier um discussions about the current uh the previous state of film photography even before facebook oh. and uh, and um facebook youtube how was it how was film photography like in the philippines when it was at that point when it kind of died or isn't as popular as it is right now um that that's actually a good question um i don't think i have the authority or the experience to um, answer that fully but i can i can share what i saw during that those days so it's more of uh, because i've been more exposed to the more the lomography side because most of my friends are are into lomography during those days and i'm one of those uh straight edge guys that are into plain film photography and um and uh, most of the people who who were shooting back then, I think they stopped at some point, and um, and some of the problems that or some of the nastiness that we're experiencing <laughs> at in some film photography groups, they've been uh, present ever since back in those days, yeah. and um, I think. Um, there's not much glorification of film photography back then because uh, it's um i think it's a bit closer to in the era where film is it's just a normal thing i think it's just a big deal right now because um like oh yeah this is an obsolete technology yeah, that, it's a forgotten uh, it's, medium it's like it's retro <laughs> it's so retro it's a forgotten medium i don't view it that way because uh i'm part of the gen- I'm not gonna tell you my age, but I'm part of a generation <laughs> where I still we still have film cameras at home, yeah. and it's film is a pretty normal thing for me. Um, I put film in a very special place in my heart because um, I view it as uh, a more stable medium. Because I've had this experience where I lost all my digital files because my yeah. because my laptop crashed, but. All of my film negatives, they're still there. So I view that if I want my my photographs to have more permanence, uh, I would go to film. I think that that's my view of it. But 
uh, I'm really glad that right now people are more interested to pursue film and then the they're more interested or they're not afraid compared to back then that where um, people have this um, uh, apprehension in trying mm. it. I think, um, yeah, I think things are looking good. Yeah. <laughs> I think I understand that. Um, I have the same feeling when you said that it's a more stable medium compared mm-hmm. to digital. Because for example, um, yeah, this camera we're, we're recording on right now, I just bought this two or three days ago. And when I made that purchase, I really, this I really felt bad. Like I'm just wasting money because I'm sure next year Canon is going to go release another camera is going to be better than this. And after that, there's going to be another electronic gadget is going to be better than this. <coughs> and with film, if you buy, um, let's say if you if I buy a rangefinder, it's like the, the value is still there. Yeah, it did it won't lose its value. Um. Even if next year um, another camera c- comes out, you're not you don't have that stressful feeling that oh I, I bought an obsolete camera. But with films, like I always bought, uh, I just bought a film camera. That's it. Like the money's still there. Um, I can still shoot with it. Unlike with digital, oh I don't have this feature that there's this new fast autofocus or that fast uh, frames per second. So I get that film. Uh, in my mindset, as gear-wise, film is also sta- more stable than digital. Yeah, there's that, and but I think um, I don't I don't think that people should put film in a higher pedestal above all above digital because oh, yeah. um, actually um, film is very well. It's in in the Philippines is very expensive and um, it's actually a luxury that you'll be able to shoot film because especially if you're shooting um, fresh film but it's for those people who really appreciate the medium so who wouldn't mind if um, film prices skyrocket and they still yeah. be shooting film. As for me um, I, I'll shoot film if there's still some available but if uh, if we come to a time that it's it's time to pack up our film cameras <laughs> and then I have to adapt. I'll be using my digital cameras. For okay. And I hope we don't see yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> we don't. We hope that we don't see it, but uh, it's some. It's like a looming inevitability. Know, I, it's it's in the realm of possibility. Yeah, it's so. a realm of it's possibility. There, but like if it, I think when it dies, it just dies mainstream, but it doesn't really die. I feel like it became a medium. That's at least how I look at it. It's just a medium. Yeah, it's just a medium. Maybe. Like acrylic, and then there's oil, and then there's watercolor. It's just a different, you know. Yeah, so keep supporting your local businesses. Um, keep buying fresh film, fresh chemicals. <laughs> yeah. Lomography. Yeah. Yeah. Link down below. Link down below. <laughs> Only use that link. Nothing else. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's do the show and tell. What did you bring for us? Uh, this is I'm um, actually a fan of rangefinders since my I my first rangefinder was a Petri Racer, mm. which okay. sadly is no longer functioning. And it's then a beautiful lens. Yeah, uh, this is actually a recent acquisition, and I've been having fun shooting this. Uh, I like rangefinders because um, they're quiet, and then 
if you know hyperfocal distance yeah. it can basically function as um, a point and shoot camera you can just point your mm. uh, point the camera to your subject and then just click away so uh, it has like um, the clarity of an SLR without the shake and yeah. it's a bit more discreet I think so for those that are listening right now can you talk about what exact camera this is and uh, what lens this is a uh, Besa R with a Canon 35mm LTM and um, I bought it from a friend uh, yeah and uh, yeah I think that's about it it's loaded with uh, Ektar 100 which I cannot shoot because it's nighttime now yeah, yeah. so that's it so uh, I also use um, a point and shoot uh, cameras in my everyday I like uh, bring I oh, sorry <laughs> it's not mine <laughs> Yeah, uh, so think of it as like having, like in Counter-Strike, you have this uh, main gun and then you have a yeah, sidearm. Side yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this is this is actually mine. Thank you, Gab. Uh, this is uh, Autoboy FXL, which I carry every day. So I like this because uh, it's like it's like the concept of having the vacation camera back in the 90s. Yeah. So it's portable, it shoots, um, it has flash, and it has multiple functions. So uh, especially when you're doing street photography and then you're just walking around on your way to work, you can just uh, pull it out yeah. of your bag and then just shoot away. So I have, uh, on photo walks, I have um, probably an SLR or rangefinder and then... And a point and shoot. And a point and shoot. But I think the Canon Autoboy line is one of the most underrated point-and-shoot cameras right now. Yeah, and then we... Yeah, and um, I'm not actually a fan of the other Autoboys, but this is the one that um, that I got noticed and I've been using ever since. Um, uh, number one, uh, it's slim. And uh, I'm not a guy who's fond of flash, so this one has a... An flash option override. for yeah, you can turn yeah. the flash off, and uh, compared to the other auto boys where it's uh, forced flash, so you can turn it off and then you can uh, like uh, turn it on, you know, yeah. whenever you need it. And then uh, of course it has this built-in uh, distance cord, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> minimum distance uh, measuring cord, yeah. which also uh, doubles as a next strap. Yep. And for those beginners that are listening, that's one advice I also want to. Um, tell to them that if you, especially if you're going on vacation always bring a secondary camera even if it's just a point and shoot because recently I've had two friends who are using um, rangefinders right now and um, they're they have this they had this trip uh, I think it was in Korea and suddenly the their main camera stopped working so you're left with no choice if you, if you only bought or if you only brought one camera with you so my advice is just it's always best to have a side carrier as a second camera that you could bring uh, even if it's just a point and shoot it's not that hard to bring yeah, yeah. we experienced this first uh, with our second video we were supposed to document the city of the nation address yeah and actually it was the Canonet wasn't it yeah the the Canon 28 yeah it was you yeah the old my yeah. first film camera yeah, you that I bought <laughs> yeah but yeah it happened then and then we talked in the video about that that you should always have a secondary camera yeah. we never really did <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's smart to have a secondary camera I mean even the the pros back in the day did like you you notice those photos where they're they have this uh, multiple cameras yeah. around yeah I guess because I'm a little bit like uh double like a uh, hybrid so like <laughs> my secondary is just this the, the oh, phone, yeah. my phone 
<laughs> actually, that's a valid point. Actually, your <laughs> secondary, your secondary camera can also be a digital yeah, camera. Yeah. We are in the future, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking to my. Who was I talking about? Like just recently about us being actually AI now, because of this oh. that we don't even recognize that we already are AI. Because like back in the day when you didn't have phones and I wanted to tell you a fact about something, I would have to prove it to you and go to the to the library, right, yeah. or ask a professional. And back then, if I told you, hey, I can pull up the facts right now. I can pull up facts. And you want to ask me about a memory we had like five weeks ago? I can actually show you exactly right now. And you would have to have some futuristic stuff in your head for that to happen. But now, it is possible. Just pull out your phone. All the facts are here. All the pictures are here. I can show you exactly what you did two minutes ago. Sorry, saying film is dead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying we are AI and we don't yeah. even recognize it. We wake up with the first thing, first thing you look at, right? It's all yeah. in this, and all the facts, all the dictionary, everything you're gonna need is already there. It's kind of mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but of course we we can't help but to, to regress back into old technology, that, yeah, which is sure. more like I said, it's yeah. like a medium. Yeah, and uh, there's this guy. I saw an article and uh, it was a it's, it's a quote from this Japanese guy and I he just he was being asked about the digital versus uh, film and he oh. was a photographer before even digital came in and he was asked why he still shot film even though the modern cameras actually get more detail and actually are closer yeah. to reality than film. His answer was, it's because I'm not looking for what they had to offer. Sometimes the reason people still shoot it is because sometimes we still yearn for a dream. Oh. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow. Goosey. <laughs> this is kind of deep, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like so this I, old, old mysterious man who's going to be yeah. martial arts <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> later on. Yeah. But I, I bet even the article <laughs> didn't know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a funny this thing. Um, actually, I'm a, a bit incense about the never-ending question of whether film is better than digital i I try to avoid those conversations because i don't really care (laughs) and um and you need to be mature enough to know that both both are mediums and both have both their uh benefits and their drawbacks Mm -hmm. and it's more of treating it as a tool and using something that works for you and uh, as for us, I mean, we have the luxury of uh, having to shoot film because we appreciate it as a medium. That's why we do it. And you don't need to explain to other people why you keep on shooting yes. film. And um, and if you ask someone like like an older generation photographer, the funny thing that I notice is that um, they're the ones who uh, were really anticipating the coming of digital, mm-hmm. right? So they're really... Uh, they're very gear oriented and then they're very excited about the new technology because they've experiences the the limitations of film in terms of their work and they're reaping the benefits of new technology so whenever i um encounter a guy like an 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 actual photographer who's been shooting since the 80s or the 90s then he sees my film camera why are you guys still shooting that? <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't make I mean, sense. It doesn't make sense for them. I mean, <laughs> I mean and on my part, I mean, I'm not expecting that. You should be appreciating that we're still shooting. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, I'm shooting with a with yeah, a 5D. It's just a generational yeah, issue. I think, it's, uh, it's I think a, this was discussed with in, during one of our psych subjects. Like, 
uh, the current generation will always think that they are better than the previous mm-hmm. and, and the, the upcoming com- generation. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, for example, if I see someone, especially someone younger than me, is using an iPod, like, why bother using an iPod? There's already a Spotify, which is more uh, convenient. Right? Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm talking about mm-hmm. those who uh, didn't grow up with an iPod. Ah, uh, yeah, like, that's, for, that's... For the younger generation. Like, uh, didn't you... Uh, aren't you aware of the hassle? Like, you only have two gigs available <laughs> and now you have unlimited... So that's I I think that's how um those older uh shooters feel right now like why do you still shoot film like when digital has more um features that you can do with yeah 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 I think that there's a I think that's a fact but I'm quite afraid what I'm going to tell the youngsters when I'm like hitting 50 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're, we're all going to go through that phase like yeah. oh, he's the stingy old man yeah <laughs> yeah Hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah. I think like I, th- I have a feeling that we understand things better this generation. But yeah. at the same time, we see it happening so many times that it's just stubbornness. Like they feel like they're so open to things. Mm-hmm. You know, they feel like they're more liberal, and then the older people are so like uptight. Stu- uptight. Yeah. But you see it too. The pattern of like stubbornness and like if people don't agree with them. You're a bad person, kind of. Like, that's how I see now how the more liberal generation is becoming. It's like, you think, yeah, they're more op- more open, but not really. It looks like it. Yeah. So, it might be an illusion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Speaking of illusions, did you guys see the Joker? Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. They yeah. said it could... Oh, it could be spoilers, guys. Skip on. <laughs> okay. No, it's just... It's kind of... It's time for fanboy oh, well, section. Oh, um, <laughs> If I think um, that was shot on film as well, I just yeah, read this a few minutes it. ago that it was shot on Kodak Vision film. Oh, I, I didn't, didn't know, know that. that. I just know that yeah. they actually patterned it to Taxi Taxi Driver. Taxi the, Driver, uh, yeah, the the classic yeah. De Niro film. So they deliberately made it look like film, and the lenses they were using, and then how the old New York looked like. Yeah. But I didn't know that they actually used film. Yeah. So, so I hope your... that's true. I just read this in a Facebook post and not really an article. So mm. if it was true, like, yeah, the colors were nice. Yeah, the colors were really nice. Yeah, super nice. So what was your favorite scene, Gab? My favorite scene was that, that. How, <laughs> how, did he suddenly, how did he suddenly have a new suit? <laughs> Tailored suit. It's like $500 suit at least. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's actually funny because um, I, I'm not sure if you noticed this in the film, but the presentation of Gotham in that movie is like it's like a very dirty, very dingy, very grimy place where there's a lot of crime and poverty. And then um, it's very drab and it's like the color of concrete. And then the only colorful character there in every scene is the Joker while he's oh, yeah. like, a, yeah, I'm not sure if you noticed that. But he's like it's actually quite ironic because mm. he's a he's a tragic character, right. and then he's the most uh, like the accent mm-hmm. of every scene, and that really blew my mind. It was just so sad. I think everyone could relate. How sad. Yeah. Okay. I think <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> we're going to ask. Well, we already told them spoilers alert. So if you're still here, it's your fault. Well, this is the intro-ish part when he was doing making faces for the uh-huh. kid, and then the the mom got got mad at him. 
remember yeah. that part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was in the trailer. Yeah. It's really sad. Almost crying up, but it was so sad because he he was such a nice guy. Everything in the intro was he's such a nice guy, bathing his mom mm-hmm. and everything, trying to make people laugh. It's just so sad. And actually, one of the criticisms that I commonly hear f- about the film is like, like how how much tragedy can one person take? Like, it's like the unluckiest person in Gotham. It's like yeah. what the film is trying to make him out to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it was a lot of taking, but there was this one thing that I, um, I googled and I couldn't find it. Maybe just it's just one of those symbolisms, or like maybe I was just imagining it but remember when he was getting that uh the records of his mom yeah, yeah. and there was this glass and the uh-huh. da, 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 and he went super close to the glass and said and then confessed about his craziness and that he killed the guys remember that part yeah yeah, yeah. and he was super close and then the guy was saying that i'm just da, 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 and then he was trying to tell him what he should do didn't it remind you of like a confession box Oh, I googled yeah. it. I couldn't find it, but I think even if I think about it now, right? It did look yeah, like I did a confection it. box. Yeah, now that you, you know, in every it. movie, they're super close, and then the cross cross is yeah. like on their face, the shadows, and then the guy said almost like a penance, do this, do that, yeah. and I can't give you this, and he did it anyway. And that's when hell broke loose. Yeah. Like My I'm God. not going to do what you say. <laughs> It's timely that you're Ooh. wearing that shirt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Actually, oh no. This is actually a new podcast, new ep- a different episode. Yeah. So. I think it's done now. I think we're already maxing out the. Yeah. Um. Oh. Anyway, when I first uh, when I wore this today and I was on the way here and I saw it, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna j- I'm just gonna flip it, but I forgot <laughs> to flip it. But. <laughs> It's alright. Yeah. Um, okay, we okay, should talk about so anything else you want to talk about the Joker? Or? So I don't we're know. already one hour in. So. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything you want to talk about the Joker, it's fine. Yeah. I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing that could be interesting, the Ender thing, because like, the message is kind of cliche and corny sometimes. Yeah. Um, crazy wish you want to happen right now. Crazy Just wish. Oh God. Um. Why? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I think it's uh, I put it this way. Uh, we want film is planning something. Really you forgot big. to ask you. It's actually <laughs> on my notes. Look. What? What does it say? They have. Oh, big plans. we have big plans for yeah, we have film. Yeah. Big plans See, we, that we, we totally hope. skipped that. We, <laughs> we went straight to psych. psych <laughs> yeah, it's it's better right. that we skip that. Anyway. But um, <laughs> we hope that um, we'll make those big plans come true this year. But uh, we are looking into um, more projects, more um, like um, slideshow nights, like creative uh, talks like a TED talk or <laughs> like an oh. alcoholic anonymous mm, meeting for okay. film photographers who want to share their uh, like uh, their learnings or insights or what their struggles so that uh, like what Kim said in the previous episode like we want film is like um, like a crowdsourcing of ideas a safe space for uh, film photographers who want to um, get a perspective of others who are also practicing film photography so we are brewing up some projects that would uh, 
make their stay in the group worthwhile. So for the listeners and viewers, um, where could they get notified without coming to uh, events? They can check our Facebook page as always and, and Instagram. Then, like uh, the moderators have, are very active in providing updates to yeah. all our followers. And it's just We Want Film, right? Yeah, now. We Want Film. Yeah. So go ahead and follow We Want Film. Follow yes, them. please. Facebook, yeah. Instagram, and their group on Facebook. That's yeah. different, right? There's a group and there's a page. Oh, uh, yeah, there's a group yeah. and there's a page. Okay, just make sure. Uh, I said it's kind of like as a joke in an intro, organization architect. What does that mean? Uh, I'm not sure. Where did you get that? <laughs> <laughs> the label when you were in Mindy. I don't know, because Kim. I think it's because um, I'm the one who's presenting on how I want the group to be structured. Mm-hmm. So it's more of like a, the, like the, the shadow organizer. <laughs> I see. Yeah. That's interesting. I think it's, it's just an overblown okay. <laughs> description of what my so. role with We Want Film is. Yeah. So that's kind of like the you got a little bit of what's inside the mind of the architect organization architect <laughs> wow. of We Want Film. Huh. It's been a blast, Paul. Yeah, thank you so much, thank guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time, Paul. Thanks yeah, for being with thanks. us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. See you guys in the next episode. So hit subscribe. Welcome to and our dialogue. Also hit the notification bell. Make sure you get the notifications on time. We're in demand. You gotta be the first one. <laughs> Bye. Feature, <laughs> <was the> <laughs> feature. <laughs> <laughs> All right.